We are the Bride Radio as the voice of the true Bride of Christ. the bride of Christ to stand up and take your place in the army in the kingdom we recognize our battle is not with flesh and blood but with the principalities and the powers of the air we are a ministry of prayer and we highlight what God is doing through other ministries and ministers across the globe we provide a platform for ministers and a place for the bride to come together and rally around each other, hold up each other's arms, and pray for one another. WATV Radio celebrates the various missions that God has called each one of us to in this army, so we desire to promote and enhance the bride as a whole. Go, bride! Our soon-coming king awaits. This is a WATB disclaimer. The views and opinions expressed in this show do not necessarily reflect the views of We Are the Bride Ministries, We Are the Bride Radio, or We Are the Bride Television. Thank you. Welcome, my friends, to the Texas Power Hour with Pastor Carolyn Sism and friends. This radio show is an outreach ministry of Eastgate Ministries in Katy, Texas. Experience the power, experience the glory with Pastor Carolyn Sism. Check out her website at www.eastgateministries.com. false rumors to control the minds of the crowd. 
This is what people do. This is what your enemies do. They spread false rumors about you to get the crowd against you. If you go into full-time ministry, you can pretty much figure that's going to be part of your journey and get over it. Amen. These would have used instant violence against him. If, but they remember when Jesus walked through that crowd that tried to kill him, and he just walked on through. Yes. He knew they couldn't touch him because it wasn't his time. God's angels were holding them back. Jesus knew it. They couldn't come near him. It was not his time. And Jesus asked them in John 7, 19, Did not Moses give you the law, and none of you keep the law? Why do you try to kill me? Satan mm -hmm. knows how fickle the carnal mind is. His method is the spirit of mind control and persuasion over the multitude. 30 years ago, I was sitting with Don at St. Ballgame, and I've told you this story before, but it goes with what my point in this. And they were doing the wave, and isn't that fun? How that just rolls across and rolls across, and I'm sitting there watching it, and the Lord said, this is the way the Antichrist is going to control the multitude. Mm -hmm. uh, there he is. There he is. Yeah, uh, more, probably 35. It's more of that. His instrument in the 21st century is still the mouth of the beast. The Pharisees stirred tribe among the beast system to turn the multitude against Jesus. Just going around whispering, talking, spreading. They didn't have a media. That was their media. Mm -hmm. <laughs> the Antichrist will rise to power using mind control over the multitudes. Yes. Don't give your mind over to the crowd. Amen. Amen. Don't give your mind over <coughs> to the crowd, ever. Mm -hmm. Don't give your mind over to what's popular. Don't give your mind over to what's socially acceptable. Amen. Amen. Come on. Our news cycle changes daily, even hourly. They plan it that way to control your mind. Yes. They say if they don't have a news message, they make one up. Yes. And so that they can control the news cycle and control the air cycle. <coughs> With each news cycle, the satanic power over our media changes the conversation and atmosphere over our nation. Yeah. Come on in, Miss Katie. Look how pretty you are. Mm -hmm. uh, Jesus' words now change. Up until this point, he's been the gentle shepherd, yeah. teaching them about the gentle shepherd, healing and delivering his people, to the fulfillment of the, uh, and but now he's changed his uh, he's changing his message. He's fulfilling the prophecy given by John the Baptist. He's coming, whose fan is in his hand, and he will thoroughly purge his flock. Jesus cried, "Now, woe, woe, woe to Jerusalem!" over those guilty men and guilty cities that have returned hatred and rejection of the Son of God and of the Father. Jesus said, because they hate me, they will hate you. So the hatred that you see spewing 
across our nation. They hate Jesus Christ. Amen. And they hate Christians. And every and the spirit of anti-Christian hates you. Yes. The word of God says. Now, is that two wrongs don't make a right? So you don't turn around and hate back. You just keep on loving. You just keep on loving. Keep on speaking, speaking, speaking. He told the Pharisees and their followers they were more sinful and ungrateful even than the inhabitants of wicked Sodom, on which God had rained down fire and brimstone. For if he had trodden the streets and done for the cities of the plain what he did for the cities of the lake, they would have repented long ago in dust and ashes. Follow America. Hear these words. Church in America, hear these words. Mm-hmm. Yeah, you, you're you're going to be held accountable for all you know. Mm-hmm. Yes. He's given you the Holy Spirit to your generation. Mm-hmm. You have the gift of the Holy Spirit operating in your churches. You have a hundred different kinds of Bibles. There's television and radio and Facebook and everything. The angel has been sent forth with the gospel message using every airway in the world. And still, the church does not repent of their sins. Now, if Israel is accountable, more so than Sodom and Gomorrah, United States of America, you kill full-term babies. You kill babies. United States of America, you do not honor that God created a man and a woman in his image. You can't change the image of what God created. No, God joined together a man and a woman. You cannot change that. It is the way of thought. United States of America, I declare to you today that you are as accountable as when Jesus spoke this word. Amen. Amen. And so amidst all of this, Jesus bravely continues on with his work of preaching and healing. Mm-hmm. So of course he is, we don't we can't say Jesus bravely continue because Jesus is courage. There is no fear in Jesus. So the time arrived when he must set out on his last journey. He steadfastly set his face to go up to Jerusalem. Luke 9.51 When the time had come for him to be received up, he steadfastly set his face to go to Jerusalem. People there, you're going to have to steadfastly set your face. I'm going to get into this a little deeper. For the days that are ahead, you're going to have to steadfastly set your face. There's going to be plenty to take you off course. But we're going into some days that God's calling the church. He's calling forth those that he has called for this hour and this time. And he's going to call you to steadfastly set your face. And it seems, he seems not to have taken the road by the Jordan Valley from Galilee to Jerusalem, which would have been more pleasant in winter because he would have set out on his journey. Uh, he would have gone to Galilee after the Feast of Tabernacles, 
and then he would set out on his journey from Galilee to Jerusalem for Passover uh, in the winter time. But instead, he went through Samaria to Jerusalem. I must needs be go to Samaria. Remember when God sent us to Samaria? Mm -hmm. In the course of the journey, which would have taken some weeks, Jesus spoke some of his most powerful parables, and if I had time, I'd go over every one of them today, but that's not my message today, but it's a good one. Just such as the unjust judge and the good Samaritan. He continued to preach the gospel of the kingdom of God, Cheryl and Sonia, to the poor, heal the brokenhearted, heal the sick, recovering of sight to the blind, and set at liberty them that are bruised, and preach the acceptable year of Lord. You can say, well, Carolyn, you're a little quirky, because every time on your message that you send out, you write the year of our Lord. Mm -hmm. You know why I write the year of our Lord on everything that I send out? Because I'm still preaching the acceptable year of the Lord. Amen. And it has been the acceptable year of the Lord ever since Jesus came. Amen. And he broke it through from Isaiah seeing it in the spirit mm -hmm. and Jesus brought it in. Yes. I'm not letting it go. Amen. In case y'all want to know why that looks quirky. Some people thought it wasn't cute. <laughs> like the first time I sent out my mustard seed newsletter, what, 40, 50 years ago? And, and I was sitting there and y'all know the story, but it's funny. And I'm sitting there at my top writing, and I said, Lord, tell me what to write. And he said, write to the church of the firstborn. Mm -hmm. And I said, Lord, they'll think I'm goofy. He said, he's going to write this, me or you. I was telling Sandra today that he just has me do things just to see if I'll be cool enough to do it. <laughs> he ought to know by now. Yeah, going to do it, right. <laughs> If I hear it, I'm going to do it. Okay, back to this message. Before leaving the shores of the lake, Jesus gathered his more faithful followers around him, and from their number chose 70 disciples to go before him, the word of God says, into every city and place where he himself would come. They went to prepare the people that he was coming. They went forth in pairs of two. Now, you think about that, pairs of two, I'm just thinking about that, that's two by two. That sounds like four right out to me. Preaching the gospel as lambs among wolves. I believe we have come to a time for those who will hear what the Spirit of God is saying that you, some people, maybe not you, I don't know about you, but some people, because I already know Junai's been sent in it. The Lord told me he'd send her out as a lamb among wolves. So he sent her out, he sent out some more. Now, I'm going to drop something on you here. You probably already know it. It was I nearly fell out of my chair last night when I saw this. <laughs> I did. I got so excited. So I'm asking you a question here. Just as the Jews divided the earth into 70 nations, <clears throat> Jesus sent out the 70 as the sons of God. Deuteronomy 38 through 9 is a reference there. We may come back to it. Now, 
I didn't know about and realizing that Ham, Shem, and Japheth, is that their name? That out of them came, their children and grandchildren came 70 nations. And at that time, the Jews declared the world to be divided up in 70 nations. How many in here knew this? Oh, I knew about this. Well, praise God. Because okay. <laughs> I never fell out of my chair when I, when I saw this. And I searched it out as much as I could last night because, now I'm just thinking out loud. Okay. Um, and this is, there's the table of nations. This is known as the table of nations in the Bible. Genesis chapter 10 and 11. I'm going to maybe search this out tomorrow. I'm going to take each one of those names and see what they went to. Because I'm thinking, I'm just thinking, I don't know. Uh, in the 21st century, there are almost 200 nations. Jewish tradition refers to global humanity as the 70 nations. Um, it would seem to me, as it is in heaven, so it is in earth, that heaven would still have the earth divided in 70 nations. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If God had the Jews divide the earth into 70 nations, in heaven they're still divided into 70 nations. Now I'm not preaching that as a fact. Because I plan on searching this out. Because I just got hold of this last night. I'm just thinking about these things. Okay, so this morning I'm getting dressed. I'm going to teach on this Tuesday morning if the Lord is living. Lord will give me the grace. I'm going to read, I'm going to search that out. Where those 70 nations are. If I can go down each name and see where that name is. It's going to take some work. And that's the nation that heaven sees and counts as nations. Amen. <laughs> Not the 200 nations that men have strung out over. Yes, now I'm just I'm not making that a fact. I'm just asking I'm asking you a question. Uh, like God said some orders. Huh? God said some orders. Okay. So this morning I'm getting dressed and I'm walking around and I'm preaching already because the board's coming up in me. And I heard the 70 are a type of the sons of God that to whom is going to be given all power, the man-child company. Let's look and see what we can see here with me. He told them, he told the 70, I don't know if I anointed on me, y'all. The harvest truly is great, but the laborers are few, and it still is. Yeah. Pray the Lord of the harvest will send forth laborers into his harvest. The 70, to the 70, there's no change of clothes, no bag to carry provisions, and no money in their purses. And we can say that's good, except, if you remember, when in the Garden of Gethsemane, when the Romans came for him 
and they took him in, he changed that word. He told them from then on, they were to take a sword and they were to take a purse. So he sent the 70 out without sword, without purse, without shoes, except the one they had on without clothes. But when he sent the apostles out, when he was going to the cross, he told them they needed a sword and they needed a purse. Okay, now. Uh, Andrew, see. They had, they, all they had was a simple faith in the one who sent them. Into whatever house you enter, first say, peace be to this house. Mm -hmm. I do that. If I enter your house, I bless your house. Have you noticed that? Yes. If I go out of your house, I bless your house before I go out of it. If the son of peace be there, because that's a Christian home, your peace shall rest upon it. The peace that I carry, the peace that you carry, will rest upon it. If not, it shall return to you again. So it's not automatic. Eat and drink whatever they give. I was, years ago, I was in Mexico on a mission trip. We went in a poor little church, this poor little family. They gave us a bowl of soup that would have what looked like water from a creek. It had little things hung around it. I took that one. I remember this scripture. Eat and drink whatever they give. It's not that they did not die. For the laborer is worthy of his hire. Do not go from house to house. I am pretty much under persuasion that when I go into a city to minister, I don't go, I go, I stay under the pastor that brought me in. Into whatever city you enter, and they receive you each such things as are set before you. Heal the sick that are therein, and say to them, the kingdom of God is come near to you. Remember all those years when no one was preaching the kingdom of God? Mm -hmm. Jesus came preaching the kingdom of God, and he sent the apostles to preach the kingdom of God. And the power of the kingdom of God almost left the church. Because they say it's gonna, it, we won't have the kingdom of God until he comes again. Oh, he's already come. And he brought it with him. And he told you to go preach it. They went from city to city, declaring the king and his kingdom has come. Because the kingdom of God had come. And they were able to work miracles in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth. Just as they blessed those who believed, those who would not receive them. Okay? He tells them, go heal the sick, bless them, give peace. And when you heal them and when they receive them, tell them that the kingdom of God has come. But those who would not receive them, go your way out into the streets. Even the very dust of your, the very dust of the city which cleaned on your own eyes. We do wipe against you. Notwithstanding, be sure of this. The kingdom of God has come near to you. So the kingdom of God has either come in judgment or the kingdom of God has come in blessings. That's right. Either way, the kingdom of God comes. 
But I say to you that it shall be more tolerable in that day for Sodom than for that city. Their experience, okay, we have cities in the United States of America that I know God has a remnant in each one of these cities. But they are shutting down the kingdom of God off of their city. There are cities, and they're trying to take over states. We're talking, I'm talking about the devil. Their experience was no different than our own. And all of Christ's ministers in every age. You have to have that strength of character. Yes. If they receive you, you okay, you know, you leave your blessing. If they receive you, your blessing stays. If they do not receive you, your blessing goes with you, but they're going to be responsible for what they hurt. I've told this church, you're accountable for everything you ever heard in this church. Amen. And let me tell you, there's some of you that have heard some stuff. You have seen some stuff and you have experienced in this church the kingdom of God. Either way that it goes, you're accountable. Luke 10, 16. He that hears you, hears me. And he that despises you, despises me. And he that despises me despises him that sent me. After a time, they returned to Jesus with an account of their work. And they were already excited. They were astonished, the word of God says, at their success. And especially at their power in casting out devils through the name of Jesus. Perhaps, like today, Jesus saw they were inclined to be boastful and proud about this power. He admonished them. I beheld Satan as lightning fall from heaven. Behold, I give to you power to tread on serpents and scorpions and all the power of the enemy. And nothing shall not any do not rejoice over the devils being subject to you. There is a matter which ought to make you more joyful. Yes. Rather rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. 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 Okay, back there worshiping. And the Lord said, Carolyn, here we are. Here we are. There's going to be the anointing of 70 set forth in the sun. Worshiping back there. He said, Many are seeking me and crying out for my power. Many are seeking me for to cast out demons, raise the dead, heal the sick. Many are seeking me for miracles. He says, But they're seeking for their own thing. They're, not, they're seeking for their own fame. Yes. Because see, when, he, when the 70 came back, and in the name of Jesus, I mean, devils ran and, and sickness fled. 
life felt good. Mm. But there's nothing greater in the whole world that you will ever experience than being used by God. Amen. That is the greatest thing that you will ever experience in your whole life is for the Holy Spirit to come through you and the Holy Spirit use you. There's nothing else. All that Satan flows throws at you. Okay, and so he's telling us, church of the 21st century, there's a matter that ought to make you joyful. Rejoice that your names are written in heaven. Amen. And if you go before him, as I did back there this morning, because I'm always, you see, he doesn't want you praying about the ministry that flows through you or how he's going to use you, or how you're going to be able to preach, whether it's good preaching or bad preaching, or whether anybody's going to hear you or not. He does not care. Yeah. Although he wants everybody saved. Mm -hmm. But he doesn't want you to get out of the way. Yes. Yes. He wants you to get out of the way. He wants you to stop lusting after other people's gifts and calling. Yes. He wants you to stop uh, lusting after the power Gifts of God for your own name. Yes. Amen. Just rejoice Amen. that your name is written in heaven. And we know there's the Lamb's Book of Life that our name is written in. We know that there was a meeting in heaven between the Father and the Son and the Holy Ghost before the earth was ever created. And they wrote a book, JT, and they put your name in it. And they gave you a destiny. Amen. Yeah. And they wrote your destiny in there. Amen. And there are angels sent to help you fulfill your destiny. Amen. But you will only fulfill that destiny yes. as you keep your eyes on Jesus. Yes. Amen. And not on your destiny. And even though the proud Pharisees and scribes rejected his gospel, the humble, suffering, poor, and lowly welcomed the glad tidings. Okay, so I came in to the baptism of the Holy Spirit during the charismatic revival. The Holy Spirit went out and he gathered all of us from all over the world from every corner and he brought some of us into the baptism of the Holy Spirit mm -hmm. during that time. But a strange thing happened that the Pentecostals didn't know how to handle it. Mm -hmm. the, the, the rich people were coming in, Joanne, and the educated people were coming in. And the leaders and governors and people who were rulers and, and, and pastors standing behind pulpits and bishops. Yeah. Um, yeah. Who ever heard of such a thing? Church and they're brand new Buicks that all out in that parking lot. Mm -hmm. 
and every day I need him to clean me up and get this iniquity out of me, and that's the way I walk before Jesus. Amen. Good word. That may be the day he comes for me. And on the day that he does, I'm going to be praying that when I get up out of my bed, I'm crying, Jesus, Jesus, Jesus. Passover and the Christian Passover. No. 
there is one Passover. Yeah. And it's all the blood of Jesus Christ. Amen. He stayed in Judea until the time appointed for him to suffer and to die. Clouds have still farther together and evening shadows to fall before the great sun sets in darkness and blood. In going from Perea to Jerusalem, there's only one way he would select in old times. He must come up the steep road leading from Jericho, a road dreary in itself, which was the haunt of wild Arabs from the desert. <laughs> in his day, The first part of the rugged track is still full of rough stones, and the ascent is fatiguing uh, until the traveler on foot reaches the Mount of Olives. Jesus would likely pause for the night at Jericho. If so, it would take between five or six hours next day to reach the heights around Jerusalem. Matthew 20, 17 through 19. Jesus going up to Jerusalem, took the twelve disciples apart in the way and said to them, Behold, we go up to Jerusalem. And the Son of Man shall be betrayed to the chief priests and to the scribes. And they shall condemn him to death and shall deliver him to the Gentiles, to mock and to scourge and to crucify him. And on the third day he shall rise again. You can say, well, it shouldn't have been a shock. They didn't believe it. They were still looking for a king. <clears throat> Some kind of make them princes. <laughs> Bethany is located east of Jerusalem on the southeast slope of the Mount of Olives. I kind of skipped over my te the teaching God gave me on the Mount of Olives. I had to work hard on that one, just so y'all know. Um, Brother K Pastor Kay was here, and he was teaching on Sunday. I was on that. Tuesday morning, he's talking about the cherubim and the seraphim. Uh, the cherubim, was, I believe, is over the Mount of Olives, and the seraphim is over Mount Zion. So he was trying, boy, he dropped that on me, JT, just like he, God dropping that 70 on me last night. Mm -hmm. So I go home, and I have a book that John must have picked up from on his whole trip that he spent on the Mount of Olives. Oh, I went to work. And because I knew I had to prepare the church for what Pastor Kay was because y'all hadn't heard what he was preaching before. Mm. And I brought forth this word on the Mount of Olives. I blessed myself with it, but I worked on it. I worked on that one. I just want y'all to know. See, sometimes it's good for me. It's good for me to God to bring in preachers like Pastor Kay because when he comes and preach, I got to pick it up a notch. <laughs> yeah. I've got to kick it up. And, um, so that's good for me. Mount of Olives came out of that. Bethany is the place where he spent hours in the loving home of cherished friendships of Mary, Martha, and Lazarus. This was where Lazarus was raised from the dead six days before Passover. Was here at the house of Simon the leper. Jesus was anointed by the woman with the alabaster box of precious ointment. It was from Bethany he entered Jerusalem on Palm Sunday. It was in Bethany he spent the last week of his earthly ministry. 
as the tremendous events which signaled the close of his earthly ministry unfolded, it is Bethany with which they are mainly associated. The walk from Jerusalem to Bethany was a Sabbath day's journey, a half a mile in the Old Testament, but possibly measured as two miles in the New Testament. So you have to have some math to be able to figure out the mileage of the Old Testament to figure out the mileage of the New Testament. In all likelihood, the time was the early dawn of day. The gray mists of morning would still be hovering over the Jehoshaphat Valley. He must have crossed the Brook Creek Kidron. He must have passed by the Garden of Gethsemane, now a memorial forever at the place of time. And then we come to Palm Sunday, which will be week after next, and we will have our concert singing Hallelujah. The King is coming next Sunday. Just like Jerusalem was praising him, next Sunday we're going to have our praise concert. And then on Sunday morning we'll have the resurrection Amen. following Amen. Sunday. I just love sitting with the Lord on Saturday night. Y'all know y'all are all out on Saturday having fun. I'm glad you are and having a good time partying all over town on Saturday and Thursday night. I can tell you where I am. I'm sitting at my computer with heavenly angels all around me. I to rejoice that your name is written in heaven. 
and you will not get out. You will not go off. Thank you, Lord. You will stay. Of course. But what course do you think? What course do you think? Is it your course? Or is the course of the kingdom of God? They mm -hmm. even set and sealed upon the earth. Now and at this time and going forth. Because as the times have speeded before you, I shall my work upon the earth. Yes, will you go with me? Mm -hmm. Or will you stay your course? Mm -hmm. It will cost you. Mm -hmm. yes. It will cost you. But it's in every covered the uh, scripture Luke 10 18 where Jesus said I beheld Satan as lightning from heaven yeah. Yeah. if you look at the numeric value of the words in that text mm -hmm. in uh, Luke 10 18 uh, he said I beheld Satan which you know as lightning from heaven and <coughs> the numerology that for those words are 1299 and 1116. And so we're, we're trying to understand the politico in this world and the Hegelian dialect that they use to uh, use subversion, distraction, you know, to brainwash the masses. Mm -hmm. And so the uh, interpretation that Jesus would have spoken in those two scriptures would have been uh, I beheld Satan as uh, lightning which would translate to Barak and heaven or high heavenly places as Bama or 
from heaven or oh Bama. So in his own words, he would have said, I beheld Satan as Barak U Bama. Not to scare anybody, but uh, there will come a time where the politico will dominate every part of our lives. We're expected to march or to get in line with that that realization that we're all going to have to follow, you know, one leader into this new world order. So, just a little information from what I've understood, and I'm glad you brought that scripture into the uh, teaching as part of the political thesis, you know, in your in your uh, message. Thank you. Yeah. Thank you, Ralph. Because uh, as we can see, you know, Satan have already set himself up in every entity that is, even even those things that we have not really uh, noticed yet. He's already there, and God has allowed him to be there. Uh, and, and, and he's saying that they are already trying to control the minds of the people. You know, the wave come uh, on one day, and then for 24 hours, they did already set a whole nother atmosphere over what we was just experiencing and talking about to control the masses and now you have the, the unsaved and the saved all thinking the same way and, and and God is saying to me the only way that that we're going to be able to stand in these last days with what he's allowing to take place is by the washing and the regeneration of the world so even though Satan may look like he have a foothold on on mindsets. The only difference is between those who are of the, I would say, of the remnant, is that we have what thus said the Lord, and this is how we process going forward. No fear at all, but we do have the truth. We don't have to try to uh, find the truth. The truth is already in us, so we just have to live the truth. So I agree with my brother 100% that this is what's taking place. But Satan is a defeated foe Amen. in my life and in most of your life. But God is going to allow you to process that. Well, you won't get pushed back and you won't be joining the masses. Pastor Kevin said very well through the Holy Spirit. You cannot identify as something that God did not create you to do. So that's something that even though the masses in the world and a lot of the unsaved or a lot of the young Christians are all talking about there is only one truth. You are what God say you are. And you cannot be killing babies and still believe that you are one of God's kids. Thou shalt not kill. You are a man and you are a woman because God said you are not anything to do with the world. Amen, Jacob. That's right. And that's the bottom line. And there's no way to whitewash that. No way to one thing I want to add, Pastor, that um, I agree with all what was said, but we also got to realize that God definitely moves in numbers, seasons, times, mm -hmm. signs, and etc. But the enemy also tries to do the same what God is doing. Mm -hmm. He'll try to have a counterfeit numerology. Mm -hmm. He'll have a counterfeit sign. 
He'll take what God has done and twist colors and say, now this is what it means. And sometimes we as Christians get caught up in that. And I disagree with JT that the devil's defeated. So we cannot get caught up with the world system, as you mentioned before, this world, this age. Because um, God's going to authenticate himself. He doesn't need anybody else to validate him. He's God all by himself. And he has sprinkled things in, in space and time on the earth as a sign that he is God. And guess what? He's going to come right along and try to give a counterfeit sign or a counterfeit something. And so we just have to be diligent and vigilant <laughs> as Christians to be watching because especially as we in certain seasons, uh, it's going to kind of cross over to the Christian arena and we're going to get caught up in those things. So we just be, need to be mindful of what's happening. God, it's very serious times. Serious, serious times. I'm going to ask you if you want me to pray for you, and I will. Uh, but I, I'm going to see about my mother um, Tuesday afternoon. I, I have a 3 o'clock flight now. So I will be able to do Tuesday morning Bible study, and I, the Lord will grace me. I'm going to preach on the 70, on the 70 nations. Oh, you're ready for your prayer. That's right. <laughs> 